What's up, everybody? Thanks again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I, of course, am your host, Mike Bauman. Whoever you are, wherever you are listening from, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you're a returning listener, I greatly appreciate your continued love and support. And if you're a brand new listener to the show, man, thank you so much for hopping aboard that pirate ship. You can follow me on Instagram at March4thPod, on Twitter at Mike V. Bauman. The host site is March4th.podbean.com. The link tree with all of my stuff is in the podcast description for this episode. Y'all made it here, so you found me somehow. And I truly appreciate each and every one of you checking out another edition of the March 4th with Mike Bauman podcast. I hope everybody's doing well, man. I hope that life finds you well so far in 2023, that things are on the up and up, that you're in good mental, physical, and spiritual health, and you're you're working on your well-being overall. And if not, things get better, man. But it's just good to have a fresh start, right? You know, even though numbers and all that stuff at the end of the day, that's calendars. I mean, I don't want to get into the, like this philosophical thing of what is time, man? Um, But, you know, every day is a new day to start fresh, right? So, but when you have a new year, there is just something about turning over a new leaf, setting your goals, setting your intentions for what you want to get done in the new year, the kind of person that you want to be, and the kind of, you know, things you want to attract in your life. And uh, I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of energy, man, good vibes and bad vibes. And just who you surround yourself with has a lot to do with where you go and how far you go and also your belief in yourself man that's one thing that I'm learning more and more over the years it's good to be modest and it's good to be humble you know humility is something that's really really important but at the same time if you don't believe in yourself nobody else will man so that's one thing that uh, I've learned over the years is that it's okay to be confident it's okay to to own who you are and what you are and to be confident in who you are even your flaws man um, obviously, you want to work on the things about yourself that you don't like, but at the same time, if if you hate yourself, you're not going to get anywhere. So I just hope that everybody's doing well, man, and I appreciate you guys joining and checking out the show. It truly means a lot. I'm really excited for what's on deck for this podcast in 2023 and the episodes that I have coming for you guys, the people I've been able to connect with. I've been able to talk to so many awesome people over the last couple of years that I've been doing this, man, and I just feel really fortunate and really blessed that um, I'm still doing it and and that it's growing and it's building and it's headed in a positive direction. So just stay tuned, baby. I I really, really am, am, am happy with the direction things are going, and we try to keep it positive over here. So thank you to everybody who takes the time to like and subscribe, to share, to tell a friend to tell a friend. All those things, you know, really go a long way in in helping this podcast get out to more people. And that's ultimately what I want because I really want people to discover new music, um, you know, hear inspiring stories that, you know, maybe lift them up if they're feeling down. Again, not to sound self-righteous, and that's one thing that I need to stop doing in 2023 is prefacing um, and explaining myself. But uh, but yeah, man, I really try to, to, to help this show be as positive as possible and obviously we go to some dark places man but it's just because we all got to go through darkness to get to the light so hopefully these conversations inspire you guys to go out and chase your dreams and persevere and speaking of chasing your dreams and persevering man this week's guest really embodies what this show is all about in terms of of persevering and move moving forward um he's got quite a story 
and his band is doing some big things, man. This week's guest is none other than Josh Bowserman. He is the lyricist and vocalist for the Los Angeles-based alternative metal band Royalty Cult, and uh, this guy has quite the story. Um, he's lived in different parts of the country, um, from, from Nebraska to New Jersey, Louisiana, Texas, and now in California, out in L.A. He's got a background in martial arts, and he's got a heck of a voice, man. And as you guys will hear, he's got he's got music in his blood. And uh, I just uh, listening to his stories, man. It just it it reminds you of the struggle um, and, and the steps that you have to take to get where you want to go, and the belief that you have to have in yourself to get where you want to go. Um, this this conversation was really powerful, man. And and uh, I, I really enjoy these guys' music. Actually, they they came on my radar a couple years ago. Um, because they did a song with Doc Coyle, who, not to name drop, but shout out to Doc if he listens to this. You guys might know him from the X-Man podcast. Uh, you might know him from God Forbid, Bad Wolves, Vegas Nerve. He's uh, he's a really good dude, super down-to-earth, nice guy. He's He's been on this show multiple times over the years, going all the way back to when it used to be Bauman's Breakdown. And in fact, I think the first time I got in touch with Doc was like 2012, so it's been over a decade now, but... Royalty Cult came out with their album Enjoying the End on uh, December 6th of 2020, and the title track features Doc. He he does some really cool guitar work on that one, um, and, and, and that whole record I, I really dig, man. From the title track to Oracle to Stay This Way, Shadow of a Mountain, it's awesome. They just came out with their single Separation recently, which features former pro wrestler Gail Kim Irvine. That music video is really dope, and as of recording this podcast, they just dropped this past Friday their latest single, which is called Peacemaker, and the visual for that is also really cool. They did a really awesome visualizer on YouTube. So these guys have shared the stage with the likes of Gemini Syndrome. They've headlined the Whiskey a couple of times. Their debut show was opening for Soulfly at the Whiskey A Go-Go. So, I mean, these, these guys are really hitting the pavement in terms of getting their music out to people and uh, putting together really good content. I mean, their music videos are, are really dope, and I'm not just saying that because Josh was kind enough to come on the show, man. I mean, they're very well done, very well put together. The storyline is really cool, and, and his lyrics and what he talks about in the songs are really great. I mean, from front to back, enjoying the end is, is really a solid, awesome listen, man, uh, especially for a guy like me who's a fan of hard rock and, and, and metal, man. Like, it, they, they balance the melody and the heavy parts really well. And so it's, it's just cool to know that they're making some noise. But like I said, as you will hear in this conversation, the road to get where you want to go is not easy. I think a lot of people think success is like an elevator. You know, you just get on that first step and you just keep going up. But life isn't like that, man. It takes a lot of twists and turns. There's a lot of ups and downs. And really, as I've said before on this show, it's just learning how to ride those waves. You know, there's going to be times where there's calm waters. There's going to be times where there's rough waters and you just got to learn how to tread water at times and, and uh, appreciate the smooth sailing when it comes. And Josh's story is one that I think is very powerful and very inspiring. And I'm incredibly grateful that he took the time to come on this podcast. So without further ado, I'm going to shut my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with Josh Bowserman, lyricist and vocalist for Royalty Cult. Here it is.
yeah, sure. But yeah, man, uh, I love California. San Diego is my home. Um, but uh, it's getting so just financially tough here to survive. And I've heard it's going up in Nashville and stuff too, but I'm sure it's not as bad as LA. Um, but I, I love it out there. And me and my girl talk about it all the time. We're thinking about either moving to, to Nashville or Memphis. Yeah, I stayed in Murfreesboro for a while. Oh, yeah. But... Yeah, there. I think Middle Tennessee State in, in Murfreesboro actually has like a really, from what I understand, like a really cool music studio. And there's a lot of musical artists who come out of uh, Belmont here in Nashville. Like that's like a big music school from from what I understand. But yeah, I moved here in 2015 and it's getting more expensive here. Um, it's It's gone up a lot. Like my rent is... I've been in the same place just because I, by the time I got to a point where I had enough to, to save for a house, the housing market just went nuts. Cause there's actually a lot of people who came here from like LA and California um, throughout the pandemic in the last couple of years. So yeah, the real estate market has skyrocketed and, and a lot of people who, who were at a point where they could afford homes couldn't because I think the average home cost here was, was around, I think it still might be around like four or 500,000 in, in the national area. I'm a little outside the city, but so, the, so then those folks started flooding the the rental market. So then, you know, rent prices went up because the demand was high and the supply was low. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, it's compared to LA. And um, I used to work with a guy recently um, who was from California. He said, oh yeah, Nashville is way more affordable than where I came from. And he was, I'm trying to remember the city, but he was outside LA like a little ways and it was still more expensive than here. But, but the music scene here, man, is unbelievable. It's great. When I came here, I thought it was just country. And I didn't realize just how many studio musicians there are, how many metal and hard rock musicians there are. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. To me, it's just, to me, that's a musician's dream out there. There it's all about the music. Whereas here it's more about the shock value and your stage performance and the glitz and the glamour. Whereas there it's, you know, it's about the the songs and that to me as a musician, means the most you know for sure man so so let's get into that josh and thanks again so much for taking the time um especially us going back and forth over the holidays to schedule this man anytime somebody takes the time to to come on the podcast i really appreciate it because i love doing this stuff and i i feel like you've had an interesting trek um just trying to, to to learn more about your journey obviously i i, I love the record i love the latest single separation but usually i like to go back when i when i start these things off um so for you, I I noticed that you're like you said you're initially from Cali and that you'd you had bounced around a little bit though. I mean, from like New Jersey, Nebraska, Louisiana, Texas, right? You you've lived in different parts of the country. Like, I yep. guess just to start, I mean, was was it you know military background or was that just kind of part of your childhood moving around and eventually kind of finding roots? Or, or I guess at least right now in California. No, I was born and raised in San Diego. And then when we were 12, we were supposed to move to Nashville. Uh, my my parents wanted to get me away from all the just the upbringing and the craziness of California, even though you can find bad eggs anywhere, I guess. But we ended up in Nebraska uh, living with my dad's uh, brother. And um, so I ended up graduating there in 2001. And then my biological father lived in New Jersey. So I went and lived there with him for a while. And I've just sort of been all over the place. You know, I never wanted to come to L.A. For some reason, I was sort of backwards. I wanted to make my dreams come true first because I knew how hard it was to survive here in L.A. 
and then moved to LA because I just always loved LA. I love the vibe here and the feel and the look of it and everything. And so I've bounced around and honestly, I've been a martial artist my entire life, but my life hasn't always been centered as it should. And so I've bounced around and, you know, you know, the saying, the grass always looks greener on the other side. And I'm living proof that, you know, it's not, you know, that's, it, it feels that way. But um, sometimes you got to stay where you are and face adversity, you know, head on and fix your issues, not run away from them. And so, so I've been all over the place. My biological father's family does live in Louisiana. That's why I was there uh, for a while as well. But, you know, yeah, you know, I ended up just deciding to I'm getting older and I'm like, you know what, let me just go for California or not California, but L.A. specifically. And ever since I moved here, L.A., you know, treats a lot of people bad. It chews them up and spits them out in life as we've all seen and heard the horror stories over the years and if you're here you see it up close and personal but you know for me la is treating me very very kind very kind but lately uh things have just been getting rough because things are getting so expensive here that if i just was responsible and paid all my bills i wouldn't even be able to do royalty cult i wouldn't even be able to be a musician that's how because everything in music if i was just being an actor um, doing headshots. Yes. Some acting classes that stuff costs money, but it's not, it'd be a lot easier of a road for me to travel, uh, to be an entertainer. Um, but you know, singing is my favorite thing in the whole world. And I chose music and without a label or anything like that, or a team around us, I'm doing everything myself and literally everything in music, music videos, recording, playing shows, touring, everything is astronomically expensive, like in the thousands upon thousands of dollars. And I choose, it's my own choice. You got to live with your choices when you make them. I pay for my, my dreams because I believe in myself instead of being responsible and paying my bills. But lately um, it's been catching up to me and we're literally, we just lost our apartment. We're moving out in the next couple of days. Um, and not to make this a sad story or try to make anybody feel sorry for me, but I'm now currently homeless, you know, once I leave this apartment. So I'm going to be sleeping out of my car for a bit and just trying to, but I always told myself I would be willing to do that to chase my dreams and to get there because everybody I've ever believed in, or I think stories we've heard over the years of greats, they made sacrifices to get to where they were. And I'm willing to make those. But now that it's staring me in, in the face, it's, you know, like I said, I made those choices, but it's it's not easy when you're facing it right there. But, you know, so we are thinking about moving to Tennessee probably uh, this summer. Um, but uh, I'm going to have to figure out how to survive um, in the next couple months and, you know, see where to go from there. But all in all, separations doing great, more or less. Um you could always hope for bigger and better, but we're very blessed to work with the people that we've been able to work with. And I think the song came out great. We got more great songs coming. We got a new single coming out next week called Peacemaker. Um, that's on the heavier side. It's a lot heavier than separation is. And, you know, just trying to put in the work, you know, I'm, I'm not getting any younger. So I'm just, I want this more than anything. I want to give back to people what my favorite artist gave to me.
Well, man, I, I, I hope it, I hope it gets better. But like you said, I mean, there's a lot of people who, who, you know, we, we see people who are successful and we forget the grind and, and, or not even forget the grind. A lot of people just, they don't see that and they, or they don't make that connection that, you know, not everybody's in, in either an overnight success or, you know, th- that they just wake up in their mansion in the Hollywood Hills and they have, you know, a bank account with a bunch of zeros in it. Like I, I still remember listening to Steve Harvey talking about how he lived out of his car, I think for like a year, he said, you know, and now he's got a, a street named after him. And obviously we all know who Steve Harvey is, but it, it wasn't always easy. And I think, I think what you said is what, what even, you know, people like me and a lot of people face, which is just having the courage to even go after it. You know, I, I so many people stop before they even take that first step. And I remember my grandma uh, telling me a long time ago, you know, change just starts with that, that first step. So I'm, I'm sorry that right now, financially things are tough, but, but like you said, on a positive note, separation is doing really well. I mean, the, the music video, which, which has Gail Kim in it with, for all the wrestling fans out there, they know who she is, but I thought the video came out great. And in a short period of time, it's, it's closing in on 20,000 views, which is, which is awesome, dude. No, it's amazing. And getting to work with Gail was, you know, um, I don't have to make those decisions and make everything larger than life and astronomical, but I want to give the best product to people and to our audience. And, you know, and in a lot of ways, you know, and it's not about this, but I want to compete with the big dogs and show the world that, you know, we're here and that we're doing something. And with social media and all that, yes, there's a lot of accessibility for artists these days. But at the same time, with algorithms and all that, they're stopping you at every turn from me actually being heard and breaking to a wider audience. Um, so that's why I made a move like contacting Gil Kim. But more than just that, you know, I'm a huge pro wrestling fan. Um, I never grow out of it since I was a kid. A lot of people do. I never grew out of it. Um, I ventured on past the whole Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior and Macho Man Randy Savage era and kept watching my entire life. And um, so anyways, she's my favorite female wrestler of all time. And I could have had anybody, any girl be seductive and sultry in a video, but then it might've just been another video. So I contacted her because I'm, I'm just crazy like that. I always do stuff like that. You never know unless you ask. And, and I hit her up and we made a deal and she came in and did it. And, it was such an honor and a pleasure to work with her. She was so kind. She's done so much for us um, since then. She, I mean, we're, if you go to her Instagram, we're her link in bio. Our link tree is, That's awesome. you know, like she didn't have to do any of that. She doesn't have to do any of this stuff. And Gail Kim is a, just a true, kind, good person. And, you know, she knows what it's like to chase her dreams and to achieve them. And she sees my passion and my fire. And so it's cool that she sees that and believes in it. I wish, you know, more gatekeepers and industry did, you know, it's, and I keep going back to, it's not about that, but for me, that's my ultimate dream. I want to be a part of the history of, of the music industry. And I want to expose my music to as many people as possible, you know, and reach people. And a lot of people, want to do it themselves these days but for me i want to capture that and get out there to the masses because i want to play festivals and be up there with corn and stained and incubus and bring me the horizon and slipknot and i want to i just want to do it you know at the top level you know it's it's all i live for 
it's all I've ever lived for, you know, and I grew up with my dad's a heavy metal singer, amazing heavy metal singer. And, um, or I might be biased. I'm not sure, but, but, you know, um, it's just all I've ever known, you know? So I just go for it with everything in me. And my mom always taught me, you don't wait for something to come to you. You go after it. And so that's what I do with everything in me. But even my mom gets scared for me a lot of times, you know, is she just like most normal people and parents, you know, they, Hey, you go get a job. You, you're be responsible. you be a productive member of society. You do these things. And when people chase their dreams, it scares a lot of people, you know, and a lot of people end up never achieving their dreams, even if they had talent, because they're like, man, I should really take the safe route and get this good job. That's going to pay me X amount of dollars, have insurance for my family, get the home, you know, and, but I'm just too stubborn and my fire burns too bright. And I, um, you know, I tried to let it go for a while and I went into severe depression, um, because I wasn't doing what I, what I truly feel I was put on this earth to do. So, um, after going through a very massive bout of depression, I decided, Hey, if I'm going to be here and if I'm going to be alive and I'm going to be living with everybody else, I have to just be me. And ever since then, I've been going at this just full force with everything in me. And some people might look at it as desperation or, you know, a lot of women, the industry is the same way as women. They don't like people that are too upfront and like, Hey, I'm here. What's going on? You know, like, but I go after my stuff and I don't mean to ever be too overboard, but I just want to let everybody know that I'm here as much as possible. And Gail Kim had a big hand in that by being in this video for us and, and Doc Coyle too. I mean, every, all the stuff that Doc's done for us, our debut show, he played with us on the stage and joined the end. And it was just, he didn't have to do any of that. He could have said no to any of the things when we approached him and asked and even separation, he played it on his uh, podcast, the X-Men podcast, the uh, Johnny Santos episode from Spineshank. And um, anyways, but yeah, you know, so sorry if I'm rambling. It's just, you know, things just been crazy lately and it's been overwhelming, No, but you know, you don't got to apologize all at all, man. No, this is what that's why that's why I, I love this medium and podcast because you you have these long form conversations that you know didn't used to exist, you know, even yep. 15, 20 years ago, really. You know what I mean? Um, but but I mean, I think that's really awesome that Gail did that. And and I think, like you said, just shooting your shot. Um, did so I mean, how how did you go about that? Did you did you find out who her PR person was? Did you just try to hit her up on like her socials? How how did you actually facilitate that? Well, I used to train in pro wrestling myself. I never had an official match. And one of the places I trained at in um in Texas called River City Wrestling, um, RCW in San Antonio. That's when I lived there for a year and a half. And um, it's ran by a gentleman named Brandon Oliver. And it was also ran by Sean Hernandez, who was part of LAX and Impact Wrestling, TNA Impact Wrestling. Yeah. And um, I don't know how much you know about wrestling or not. But anyways, and so I didn't meet her or know anything then, but I think it was about a year ago, year and a half ago, maybe even two. She actually wrestled or appeared at one of their events. So I know, knowing wrestling, that a lot of wrestlers, when they're not working for WWE, 
anymore or, you know, or before they work for WWE, they're very, very accessible for bookings. So right on her Instagram was her email for bookings, wrestling bookings. And so I emailed her and just asked if she was interested in this video. And I was honest with her about everything. My biggest thing for her was her comfort, you know, because when you're asking a woman, especially in today's world and society, you know, to be sexy and sultry and things like that, you know, I really wanted her to be comfortable and she wasn't going to do anything or wear anything or or act in any way that she didn't want to. There was going to be no touching. And I just made that all clear to her. She wasn't going to be my girlfriend in the video and we're kissing and hugging and anything weird. I just wanted, um, I wanted to go back to that eighties old school, that sex symbol vibe, you know, because honestly, as great as our music might be or, or might not be, you know, when they're just looking at my face in a video, it's like, yeah, whatever, bro. But if they've got some something to gravitate toward in a video like that, you know, that's just you can't take your eyes off of it. That's what I wanted. And she's a very beautiful woman and, and she's a great person. And so, yeah, I just hit her up in the email and she wrote me back and, you know, we figured out what her rate might be. And, um, you know, we flew to Florida and did that. And um, I wanted to make everything comfortable for her instead of trying to break her off of her busy schedule to come to California and stuff. Me and the director and my girlfriend, who's a photographer, videographer, she shot all the behind the scenes stuff. We all flew to um, to Florida, Orlando, and we did that all in Gail's backyard, not in her little, literal, I can't even talk right, literal backyard, but, you know, in Orlando, right around her home. Wow, man. Yeah, that is, that's, I think that's awesome. And again, that's, that's what this podcast is about is like perseverance and moving forward. And I think, like you said, I, I think the approach is so important too. You know, you did it professionally, you went through email, you made everything clear. And for people listening, I mean, keep listening to the podcast, but definitely check out the mu- music video. Cause I do think it was very tastefully done. Um, you know, the lyrics of the song, when you listen to it, the, the visual and, and how you came up with that, I thought really went hand in hand and was really awesome. And, and sort of the, the back and forth between the band and the shots of you singing, you know, leading up to the chorus and stuff. And then the shots of her, it, it really all came together, man. Like, uh, especially with that, just the title of the song being separation. I mean, I'm not just saying that either. I thought, I thought the video looked, looked great in the way it came out. Well, I appreciate that. And a lot of it, you know, a lot of that stuff, it was great. It was my idea, like my vision came to life for that video. But we got to thank Ron Thunderwood, who's the director. He's always does amazing work. He did the um, man. And I don't even know why I'm bringing this up if I'm not, not going to get the stuff right. But um, he did um, Stitch Apart, their very first like major single with Century Media. He did their music video and he's done a lot of uh, Visual of War and a lot of stuff and he did the if you saw the video with doc Hoyle in it and join the end he did that video as well he's done all of our music videos but he does such amazing work and he's the singer of nine electric and opiate for the masses okay. that's you wrong but he's we can't thank him enough you know we can't thank him enough for what he did for that and we can't thank the Whiskey A Go-Go, Mikey Maglieri, the owner of the Whiskey A Go-Go and the Rainbow, the world-famous Rainbow Barn Grill. He owned that family. The Maglieri family owns that stuff. 
And so the performance scenes are all shot in the whiskey when they weren't open. They let us go in there and do that. Um, Mikey Maglieri, the owner, has been like a big brother to me. Uh, another blessing I mentioned when I came here to L.A., whereas other bands might not always get that treatment for some reason, he's taken me under his wing and been there for me. And it's, it's been, I'm very thankful. Um, but then we shot the Gil Kim stuff. And then when I was solo um, in the, in the black, um, we shot all that stuff at the Orlando photography studio in Orlando. Yeah. The lighting, the lighting in the music video was really, was really dope. Cause it's a very, um, at least for me, when I listen to it, it's a very introspective song. Like, and all your lyrics are are pretty heartfelt, man. Um, but but that song, I, I just felt like the, the visual attached to it, especially lyrically, the way it is, like, it just it all came together really well, man. And and yeah, Doc is another guy that um, he's always been good to me. Um, we first got in touch back in like 2012. I I, I loved uh, that the album that came out, uh, the last God Forbid record that came out um equilibrium and uh i i I got in touch with him on social media and he he came by and did the podcast and then over the years you know he he had a journey too a lot of a lot of people who follow him obviously know um but for people who aren't aware docs plays guitar in bad wolves um god forbid has just done some reunion shows um also uh vegas nerve um is is really dope too with um sterling r jackson Anyway, I digress, but uh, but yeah, he's always been good to me over the years and come on the podcast and truly, I've never met him in person. We've always done it, um, you know, over the computer like this, but he's always been incredibly gracious with his time, you know, with, with his multiple projects, um, even during the pandemic when, when uh, sadly he lost both of his parents, like he still made time to come on this podcast, man. And that, that really meant a lot to me. Um, so I'm, oh. of all the success that the, the people that I've, that I've talked to over the years who who have gotten to a level where their their bands or their music um, are known globally. Like he's, he's a guy that I have a ton of respect for because I, I just personally just doing this stuff. I mean, he's, he's always made time for me and always been cool, man. Yeah. Doc is an amazing, amazing human being. Um, he's like a light in the darkness, you know, like the music industry and the entertainment industry is sadly could be full of snakes and people that can't be trusted and you know when you're talking to the doc that he's one of the good ones. Like he's a good, genuine, real human being, and he's he's just amazing. And I I'm very thankful that he's been as supportive to us as he has been. Um, I'm actually thinking about doing a podcast. Um, so we got um, on our World to Cult YouTube channel. We have four episodes up of a show called Cult Cast, where I go around to like filming locations. I filmed behind the scenes of just my life and royalty cult. And then even when I was working at the rainbow and stuff like that, um, at the time, um, it's been over two years since we put out any episodes, but we're going to be revamping that. And I'm going to be doing that again, showing LA to people in Tennessee or wherever it is in Maine or just wherever, um, showing people what LA is really like, but, and that's called cult cast with a K. Um, but we're also going to be doing a podcast um, called Cult Conversations that's going to be coming soon. And I want to just talk to uh, bands and industry in the scene and stuff like that in the in the local scenes like you like you do. And you probably talk to some other people. I need to venture more into, you know, your content. 
But um, I also want to get people on like Doc and Christian Machado, Vil Nino and Dino from Fear Factory and, um, you know, even get Mikey Maglieri from the Whiskey and the Rainbow on and stuff like that. And not necessarily just interview people. I like doing what we're doing right now. And I don't know if you've seen Michael Rosenbaum's Inside of You podcast. Oh, I love that. dude. It, yeah, yeah really good and he just talks to people they just talk like normal conversations but they get into the heart of anxiety and depression and um sort of like what you were mentioning earlier and um just talk about real life things not necessarily only about the industry stuff and um i sort of want to do something like that as well just talk to people you know and so we'll see how that goes yeah, man, it's 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 an awesome medium, and and I think the whole thing that I've learned too is like consistency, and um, and one thing I'm still learning is just not being afraid to 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 put myself out there more, you know, because I've I've struggled with anxiety, still struggle with it, uh, and have been open on the show about my struggles with it, and you know, being in therapy and OCD tendencies I have, and just trying not to entertain irrational thoughts and stuff, and uh, it's weird, man. I feel like I'm an introverted extrovert. I feel like the, the people really close to me would probably describe me as extroverted. Um, usually if, if I'm in a room with people and I, and I see somebody who's kind of aloof or off to themselves, I, I try to gravitate to those folks because I, I kind of feel like I know what it's like to be more of a, a wallflower and be more introspective and introverted. But I love talking with people and learning their stories. And that was the, the whole reason I went to school for journalism, man, was um, – I felt like if I could be the middleman between somebody's story and sharing it with the world, that's like a really cool position to be in. And it's one that I didn't take it, take lightly. And I feel like over the last several years, unfortunately now things are so divisive and things are so, you know, it's black and white, you know, tribalism uh, almost in, in like the literal sense, you know, it's, it's just gotten so divisive. And so when I came back into this, I was like, man, I want to, I just want to have a show where people can come and listen and, and know that they're going to hear hear real conversations and understand that we all go through darkness to get to the light, you know. And and so I'm th- this show is really like life imitating art, art imitating life for me because even even in the last you know a uh, little less than two years, you know, I went through a lot. I went through a breakup that was really really difficult, and you know, uh, had more people around me die than at any other point in my life as far as you know within my circle and. So it, it, it's, it's been challenging, man, but that's why I love doing this podcast. So yeah, I, I, um, you know, I, I hope that the, the venture into that goes, goes well for you. And especially with the inroads that you've already made in LA and the people, you know, um, and people like Gail, people like doc who, who are gracious and kind individuals. I mean, everybody's got a story, man. And, and, um, you know, if you can get to the root of, of the, hum- the humanity behind that person and behind the success, to me, those are what really make great conversations. And so, yeah, like yeah. you, I love, I love inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum. That's one of the, one of the podcasts that I subscribe to because he, you know, that that's where the name inside of you comes from. He really gets, you know, gets, gets down to it with people. He just had Emmanuel Shrieky on there and, um, you know, she was talking about her dad and the, the things that she's been through. And it's just like, wow, man, like, it's just, it's powerful stuff. So, yeah, man. If you come into come into the medium like that, I, I think you'll have a very unique perspective with your with your life experiences and everything that you're going through now. So, you know, I I, I respect the hustle, and I'm sure the people that you work with respect the hustle. Yeah, well, thank you. I truly appreciate that. And you know, when I get it up and running, I'd love to have you on. So, are you a musician or? 
I am not. I, I probably have spent more time in my life like air guitaring and like, um, you know, just headbanging than I have actually playing my guitar, which is in my bedroom. So I, I don't tell anybody that I play because, I mean, in Nashville, it's like legit musicians. I just noodle on my guitar every now and again. But but no, music has always been something that just grabbed me from when I was a little kid, man. I mean, um, like my earliest musical memories are listening to Tom Petty with my dad in the living room. Um, and I was born in 88 and I think full moon fever came out in 89, which makes sense. Cause then free fall became like the, the smash hit of a bunch of hits, you know, with Tom Petty and Tom Petty and the heartbreakers. But, um, so those are like my earliest musical memories, listening to like Tom Petty and Eric Clapton with my dad. My mom was really into like eighties pop sting the police. And then, you know, kind of, kind of in the nineties, they, they got more into the stuff that was more in my wheelhouse and, and my brother's wheelhouse, you know, like Pearl jam. My dad used to listen to like Dishwalla. Um, I remember he had, yeah, like Allison chains unplugged, you know, back when the tapes, you know, he had the tape deck and in the car. And, uh, so yeah, man. So music was always, um, something that really spoke to me on an emotional level. Um, and, and my big brother, my oldest brother, Brandon uh, was into Metallica and Corn, and he he was born in 82. So he was a teenager in the mid 90s, right? As you know, you had obviously what came to be known as grunge, but then new metal, you know what I mean? And so I started listening to Metallica and stuff because I wanted to be like him. But then as I got older, I just found that heavy music spoke to me the most. So I, I but I, but I love um, early 90s. Um, I love, um, I love a lot of like synth wave. I think stranger things got me on like a synth wave kick and I love the 80s stuff because of my mom. So, um, and then even coming to Nashville, I warmed up to country. I didn't really listen to country that much. And then I, I remember listening to traveler from Chris Stapleton not long after I moved here. And I was like, wow, this dude's like super soulful, man. Um, so yeah, dude, I'm, I'm ranting now, but yeah, music, um, I'm not a musician, but I love it. Um, and guitar is, is kind of like another form of therapy. Like I, I would, I, I don't practice nearly enough to, to ever be anything, but it's just fun for me to just creatively explore, you know, and try to figure out riffs that I like or play some of the stuff that I hear in my head, you know? Yes. Yeah. Music, in my opinion, makes the world go round. You know, it's it's there for us. I think everybody needs a song as much as they need a bar of soap. You know, like it's something that we need. It's a shame that the value of it has gone away a little bit. But um, yeah, I was born in 82 as well. And, you know, I, you know, Allison Chains is one of my favorite bands. They're one of my biggest influences. Lane Staley is one of my biggest influences. And Jonathan Davis of Korn is my biggest musical influence next to Elvis. Um, you know, so. One of my favorite singers, man. Korn, Korn is one of my favorite bands ever. Both those bands you just mentioned, not to cut you off, but just to jump no, in. That's right. uh, both of those bands are top 10 all time for me. Yeah, those are my two. Uh, it's hard to narrow. There's so many great bands and great songs out there and great records, but Corn and Allison Chains are my top two ultimately. Um, but yeah, I don't think anybody expresses themselves the way that Jonathan Davis does. Like you feel every emotion in what he's doing, and he saved me honestly when I was going through my adolescence. And we all know that adolescence can be tough. Um, he saved me. He saved my life. Uh, then he saved me and found, I was able to find a place to vent through his music instead of going out and hurting somebody or doing something stupid. You know, I was able to release my anger and he helped me to truly find that I didn't need to care about what anybody was saying about me. 
you know what I mean? Just be myself. And that was huge for me when I was 12, 13 years old. He saved me, you know, and I'll never forget that. Um, I actually got corn tattooed right here. Um, but uh, yeah. And right now, our new single that comes out next week is produced by Chris Collier, who did the last two corn records, and he's doing the new corn record. And um, Phil D from Corn just heard our stuff, um, Separation, when it was released, as a matter of fact, because I'm close friends with his best friend, who was actually in Fieldy's wedding. So, oh, um, yeah, and he gave some a little bit of feedback, you know, on that, you know, and so that was cool to hear. But, um, you know, things have been going good with Separation. Of course, I don't want to sound like I'm greedy and want more, but I just really need something to come in and nothing's going to just come in and save me. And I ultimately realize that, but especially nowadays it's different. Everything operates a little bit different than it did in the eighties and nineties and stuff like that, or even the, the early two thousands, very early two thousands. But, you know, I, I just want it to get out to as many people, as many people as possible. I can't even talk right. I'm starting to think instead of just do now, but you know, um, I'm excited about the new single that's coming out. We're going to try to release a, a new single every six to eight weeks and just keep the ball rolling for this next record. Yeah. And, and the timing will be great because at the time people, people hear this, it'll be, it'll be January 24th. I believe that Tuesday is when this episode is going to drop. So it'll, it'll be out there for everybody to hear. And I, I love the heavy stuff. So I love the melodic stuff too, but, and that's, what's cool about your sound, man. Just, you know, and thanks again, Josh, so much for taking the time to do this, man. I'm really, really enjoying talking thanks. to you. But um, for people who aren't aware with Royalty Cult, the album Enjoying the End came out uh, right at the end of 2020 and in December of 2020. The title track, you know, features the aforementioned Dot Coil. But um, some of the, the my favorites on that one outside of the title track, I really loved Oracle, Stay This Way, uh, Shadow of a Mountain, too. Uh, that's th those are some of my favorites off of that. But um but yeah, man, I, I could hear some some heartbreak in that record, but there's also heavy moments in that record. And I I felt like um, it was cool to put the title track at the end of the album too. Um, one of my favorite bands uh, is Alter Bridge, and they've done that a few times. But but I I feel like it was just a cool way to encapsulate the record. And the artwork was really cool too. That was one of the things I was I was going to ask you. And then when I started doing my research, I was like, oh, he's into martial arts because the artwork definitely has like you know an, a cool like asian influence to it forgive me if i'm not describing it uh, in in the most proper or respectful way but it's it's really cool that's the best way i can describe it with just my limited knowledge it's just like a really cool asian artwork and even like the rk logo it's um it almost looks like a like a you know from a, from another language man so i i loved it man and and then listening to separation i felt like was a cool step forward you know because it's a real it's it, the guitar is really rhythmic it's something like you you bob your head to but lyrically there's a lot going on there too so i i really dig your guys' sound man as, as somebody who's a fan of hard rock and metal yeah i love um asian cultures i've grown up doing martial arts since i was a little kid my mom sat me down in front of bruce lee van damme steven seagal all that stuff when i was a kid uh philip and simon Ree from best of the best um and I just always grew up loving Asian cultures. Uh, my grandmother uh, worked for the United States government and she worked in Japan for three years and would always send us back uh, things from Japan. And so I just, you know, was engulfed with it my whole entire life. And um, 
you know, I just, I respect the culture. And um, so that's why I like to sort of stay in that lane. And even the new um, album cover is still in the Asian realm, but it's a little bit more artsy and different. If you saw the separation verse or the cover for separation and that's the cover for separation is sort of what we're going to use for all the singles as they're released. But then that's just a piece of the actual album cover. And then the, the new record, the first album was enjoying the end. The second album is going to be called the dying. And, um, so uh, this the um here I go just thinking again but anyways the single cover is just um a piece of what the actual dying album cover is okay. and uh, so we're excited about that and we did change the logo since the one that you're talking about with enjoying the end the stuff with enjoying the end I really did like as well especially the album cover um and the logo was cool but to me, I wanted to go a little bit more modern and a little bit more serious and darker. That was a little bit, had more of a cartoon edge to it on the Enjoying the End. But I do like that cover a lot. And, um, but yeah, so we're, we are shifting a little bit. And I don't know if we're going to change logos on every record or whatnot. But for right now, I'd like to stick with the new one. I don't know if you saw the new one that we're starting to use, but, um, I saw that yeah, yeah. Uh, for separation. I thought it was really cool. Is it the same artist or is it somebody somebody different? It's somebody different. Okay. Um, Taylor Wooten is um, he's best friends. He grew up with my old partner in Royalty Cult, uh, David Fulford Brown. Uh, me and Dave are still cool. Uh, we still talk all the time. I just talked to him a couple times this week. But he left the Royalty Cult project and I think it was February of 2022. So almost a year now. And me and him started Royalty Cult in 2016. And we wrote like a hundred songs and then scrapped most of them and kept the best 40. And so we already had like four albums worth of material. And um, so we made the first record and then we were in the process of starting to make the second record um, when he left. And so I'm continuing it, but um, he took some of the songs with him and his new project and he actually allowed me to keep um, three of the songs that were originally going to be on the original second Roll to Cool record. Um, and then obviously he was still in the project when we worked with Sahaj, the singer of Raw, and he's also produced Nothing More and Star Set and other you know great bands out there. But um, that's who did Separation was Sahaj. Um, so Dave was a part of that. Um, he helped me write some of the lyrics, um, in that, but, um, so there's still pieces of Dave in the, in the new record that's coming out. But, um, you know, after that, we'll see if there's going to be any more songs that I'll be able to use from, you know, that round and that batch of songs. But, but yeah, you know, I'm super excited to just keep releasing new music, um, to the world and, I just, I want to touch as many people as possible, man. And um, it's not about money. You know, I I love singing so very much. It means more to me than anything. It's one of the only things I care about. And I just want to wake up and be able to do that every day and just care about that. Um, You know, if you're going to be alive in this life, you have to pay bills and you have to have a job. 
that's just the way it is. And so I want to make my everyday music to make my living for my family. And um, so that's what I'm trying to do. And right now we make a little bit, but nothing to be able to pay bills on, you know, and um, I want to make it my everything. So that's why I push so hard. That's why I try to make the content I do. I try to make all of our content the best that it can, that it can be. And uh, hopefully we do do that. Hopefully it comes across. And, um, but yeah, you know, it's cool that you mentioned about enjoying the end. The reason why enjoying the end felt great for me, um, to be the last song on that record, not only the lyrical content, um, that song was about, you know, me and the deep depression that I told you about earlier is what that song was about. And, um, but it just really has that sort of epic vibe with Doc doing the acoustic guitars at the beginning and at the end. And it just really had, you know, like it was taking you on a journey, sure. you know, that's what I felt was a great closer um, at the time. But um, the next song that we're putting out um, next week, next Friday on the 20th, uh, Peacemaker, uh, that'll probably be the opener of the next record, the dying when the whole album comes out as one. Just it's a lot like that it's a lot. In the teeth. What was that? I said, it's one it's like, you know, like, like it'll kick you in the teeth type of opener. Like one that really is kind of more like, like fast pace or up tempo. Exactly. You know, um, there's half of the record is going to be very um, modern, hard rock and alternative. And uh, the other half this time, which wasn't on the last record, we had hints of it on the last record and I'm not trying to be one of those guys because we hear it all the time. Like, Oh, this is the heaviest record we've ever done. I'm not trying to do that. But, but for a fact, half of the record is going to be hard rock alternative and the other half is going to be more metal based, you know? So, and Dave, that wasn't really his roots. He was, he respects it, but he was never a huge fan of a lot of metal bands. But like I said earlier, my dad's a heavy metal singer and I grew up with that stuff my entire life. So now that Dave isn't my partner and I'm sort of making a lot of decisions now, that was a direction I wanted to go in. And But even when it is heavy, it's still going to be melodic. I'm still going to be singing melodic over that stuff. And I'll, I might scream when it's necessary, but there's it's still going to be melodic. I'm a huge Demon Hunter fan. I don't know if you are or ever heard of them. Um, you know, I'm even a fan of all their remains. You know, I just love the melody over the brutal music, you know, and I want to present that as well as our modern hard rock alternative style, like you heard on the first album. That's cool, man. Yeah, because the first the first one had a lot of atmosphere to it, too, which which I really yeah. love, man. I, I really I really love those like ethereal vibes, man, like that stuff. That stuff just speaks to me so much. Um, and I think it's I think a lot of that comes from I got really into like post rock. Um, and still and still enjoy a lot of that, you know, just stuff. And I think from especially, you know, during my day job and stuff, I mean, sometimes you listen to stuff where you crank it up, but but sometimes it's good to have um, um, like post rock, you know, music with no lyrics that just it still puts you in a mood, but it, it gets it gets you in those emotions. You know what I mean? And, and I think that's really cool about what, what you guys do is you have those ethereal elements. Um, Saving Vice is another up and coming band that that is really good at that, too. They're a metalcore band out of Vermont. Shout out to those guys uh, if you haven't checked them out. But uh, they're great dudes as well. Um, and uh, they have a lot of atmosphere in their in their metalcore, which I really love, too. You know, and they tie things back to earlier songs that they've done and stuff and, you know, put put Easter eggs in there and stuff for fans. So 
um, similar hustle, kind of like you, you know, and what you guys are doing with royalty cult, man. And, uh, but, but, you know, getting back to that, man, like you mentioned your dad being a heavy metal singer and you love Alice in Chains and Corn, your, your two favorite bands or two, two of your favorites. Um, I actually got to see them when they, when they did their co-headlining tour back in 2019 in Nashville. And that was like, I'd never seen Alice in Chains before in all my years of growing up listening to them. And it was just uh, an awesome experience. And Corn opened up with Here to Stay, which is my, oh, nice. one of my favorite riffs ever. And one of my, one of my favorite uh, Jonathan, just lyrical content ever in that song. Um, but dude, like, I mean, you want to talk about hair standing up on the, on, on the back of your neck and like getting goosebumps. I mean, it was, it was great, but, but you guys, you know, Josh, like, you know, that old saying, you know, you didn't come this far just to come this far, even though things are a little tough right now, like you guys, like you said, you're making moves, you know, with, with Gail, with doc, you guys played with Gemini syndrome, right? You you've had multiple headlining shows at the whiskey and in your debut show, you guys were part of a sold out show with uh Soulfly at the whiskey, right? I mean, that's yep. pretty, that's pretty awesome, man. Especially the history of the whiskey a go go. I think it. I don't know if it's the only or, or the first music venue that 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 got inducted into the the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I mean, there's all kinds of history there. It's it's on my bucket list of places to go see a show. Yeah, it's the whiskey is phenomenal. Like I said, the Maglieri family is a great family. Um, their restaurant, their bar restaurant, the Rainbow, is historic as well. Yeah. You know you stories of Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses and Ozzy and just all that stuff there. But but the whiskey, in my opinion, and I think, you know, you can sort of argue this with anybody um, that I'm not saying arena or stadium, but as a venue, the Whiskey A Go-Go is probably the most popular venue in the entire world. You know, it's just has that, that energy. And it's, it's, um, I think it's part of the historical society it's been considered a historic building in the state of california and the city of los angeles so what i believe that means is they can't touch that place at all it's going nowhere you know which is amazing because a lot of things are changing in la right now they're getting rid of a lot of certain buildings old buildings sadly the viper rooms coming to a close eventually and uh, the well, their whole property that they're on got bought by somebody, and I what we're all hearing is that they're going to tear it down and then rebuild the high rise on it. Oh, gee! But I heard they're going to put a um a viper room esque type venue in there. I don't know. There's rumors, but I don't you know want to be talking about rumors on on your show or anything like that. But but yeah, so you know. Uh, so it's sad to see the Viper Room is going to be going in a couple years. I don't know when that's going to happen. They're still up and running like normal right now. Uh, you know, that was the famous venue that Johnny Depp owned, Yeah. you know, and all that stuff. But um, so it's great that, that we know that the Rainbow and the Whiskey are going to be there. Um, and the Vi- or the uh, Roxy is still there doing its thing. Um, but yeah, you know, being in L.A. is is great. Um it's hard to see that there's a scene here. There is a lot of great local bands here and they're trying, but society has changed. Yeah. You know, society as people aren't doing the things that they used to do in the eighties and the nineties, you know, um, even, you know, during the time when sublime and no doubt were coming up and just people were going to parties and going to all these shows and seeing bands like it's, 
society's just changed and it's not really that vibe anymore and that you know that feel of what people want and so it, it's hard to get an audience out to local shows you know they do come a little bit but i see a difference like the strip used to not be able to walk down it the sunset strip at all like there was so many people so many cars it still has its packed nights don't get me wrong but it's it's almost a ghost town compared to broadway in nashville that is just popping off on a nightly basis you know, like people just going to all those clubs that are next door to each other, seeing different acts, you know, doing their thing. And I do country music on my on my for my solo stuff because I love country. I grew up on it since I was a kid. My mom actually tried to get me to settle down and get me away from Metallica by listening to country and George oh. Strait, Garth Brooks. And I hated it. I fought against it like any kid would at that time because it's what your parents force you to listen to. Right. Right. Um, you're like, I want to listen to Enter Sandman, Master Puppets. Exactly. But, you know, but then it grew on me. And when I actually moved to Nebraska, um, when we were supposed to go to Nashville, as I mentioned earlier, but we ended up in Nebraska and I graduated high school there. When I first moved there, I was like, this is their lifestyle, like the country, you know, like that's what I, you know, associated it with. And I was like, not for me at all. You know, you know, it just wasn't my thing. But as I've gotten a little bit older for quite a while now, it's been over 10 years. I just fell deeply in love with country again. And I love it. George Strait's my favorite. I'm even a fan of Luke Bryan. A lot of people give him a lot of crap, but I love his melody. I, as you can tell by my, my stuff, I love melody. And like you were saying, sort of atmospheric and stuff like that. And so I love Luke Bryan. I love uh, Dirks Bentley. You know, there's a lot of great artists out there. Luke Holmes, you know, doing great things. Um, Chris Stapleton or Chris um, Stapleton, you mentioned him earlier. Um, did I pronounce his first name right? Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's a heck of a guitar player too, man. Um, and he was a guy that that I I didn't discover until I moved here because I was completely foreign to country. Um, and then I went to I used to uh, work with a lady, uh, rest in peace, Ira. But she used to. She used to work with Dolly Parton. I think she was her personal assistant for a long time. And I went to a country show uh, with her. It was a tribute show to to Randy Travis um, with her and a, and a buddy of mine. Uh, shout out, Paul. I haven't I haven't seen him in, in a long time, man. But um, he was from Rome, Georgia. So he was he was really country. And he he would talk to me about country music. And they did a tribute show for Randy Travis back in like 2016, I think it was at Bridgestone. And it was all these country artists. And it was hilarious, man, because Paul would look over, you know, before everybody would come up and be like, Mike, you know who that is? And I'm like, Paul, I've got no idea who that is, man. Um, but it was like Travis Tritt and uh, Winona Judd. Uh, Garth Brooks came on at the end. And I think it's the song, is it uh, Forever and Amen, maybe? I think he sang with Randy Travis because we we also worked with a lady. I hope people don't think I'm just dropping names, but just to talk about music. But uh, I my former coworker Terry, her husband Lance, played uh, is a great guitar player, and he played with Randy Travis for a while. So it was really cool to see him on stage at, at Bridgestone. But uh, so yeah, man, I, I've warmed up to country, um, you know, since I since I've come here because you know, kind of like you, man, I, I grew up like just as a headbanger. Uh, you know, Seven Dust is one of my favorite bands. Um, I, I, I've loved Mark Tremonti since I was a kid. Creed, Creed was a band uh, 
that opened doors for me into more hard rock and, and metal. And, and so I've obviously followed Alter Bridge and those guys are super nice guys too. Um, but yeah, man. So, so country though, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, there's a lot of storytelling and I'm a big fan of that. You know what I mean? And that's, I think that's what drew me to Chris Stapleton. You know, you really, you really hear somebody in his voice, you know what I mean? He doesn't sound like he's trying to sound like anybody. It's like, that's just him, you know? Um, even though I'm sure people can draw comparisons because a, a lot of people always do that when it comes to music. And I think it's just the way people relate to the world, right. It makes more sense if they can compare it to something, but, um, but yeah, it's a long way of saying I've, I've warmed up to it since I've, since I've moved here. Yeah, country. I love it. You know, there's so much great melody. Country is so fun to sing. It's very fun to sing. I even like it better than singing rock, to be honest. It's just funner to me, just sitting in that mid-range pocket, you know. Um, I really just have a lot of fun there. And that's actually what I use to, instead of doing a trip vocal warm-up I'll, I'll warm up singing country and it helps keep me in and i actually learned that from tom Araya from slayer um because mm-hmm. he that's how he used to warm up and i was like oh well i love country and so i started really you know doing that but but yeah you know um yeah i i really want to do country as well for my solo stuff sort of like um aaron lewis has i really like his country stuff um, if you've heard it, if you're a fan of Stain, um, but, um, but yeah, you know, I really lo- want to do that stuff. I put out one single in 2020 and, but then literally the Royalty Cult stuff came right after that. And so I've been so busy with the Royalty Cult stuff since then. I haven't got a chance to put out another country single, but, um, I need to, and I really want to come to Tennessee so bad. Like, I wish I could just drop everything and just come right now just but um there's some stuff i gotta figure out here first and then you know head that way if that's what i'm gonna do me and my lady talked and it's like hey let's see how things are in the next six months yeah you know then we'll make that final decision so we're looking at around june or july um but um well now i really want to be here if you come man you know no it'd be great to get together and chill talk music you know or whatnot when we do do our podcast, I'd love to have you on, you know, and, you know, just, yeah, I'd love to. I, I appreciate the invite, man. No, it'd be great. Well, before we wrap it up, Josh, I, I just want to say thanks again so much, man, for being gracious with your time and, and sharing your story, man. It's, um, it, it's, it's always inspiring to me and that's why I like doing this. It's, it's great to connect with people. It's not, it's not cause I, I love to hear myself talk. Like I, I really enjoy um, you know, hearing people's stories and this, and that's why I do this podcast. Cause I want people out there listening to it to know that they, they can dare to chase their dreams. You know, like you said, we get one life to live. Um, yep. you got it. We all got to pay bills and, and we all got to survive. Um, and sometimes there's darker times and sometimes there's lighter times, but at the end of the day, I think it's important to do the stuff that makes you tick. You know, like you said, for you, it's singing, it's music. Um, and I think, I think for people like you and me, even though I'm not a musician, it is, it's like, it's like air, you need it to survive. If you don't have it, it's like, man, like I, 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 I joke about hypotheticals like that a lot. Some with people of like, you know, if you had to lose one of your senses, what would it be? And it is intimate as sight is like, I think of like, gosh, if I couldn't hear music, you know, if I couldn't hear like another riff or, you know, an, another beautiful melody, it's like, what, you know, that would suck. You know what I mean? So um, I really appreciate the time and, um, 
and uh things things will get better man like uh, i i i'm i'm sorry to hear that you're you're in a, in a a tough spot right now it sounds like financially but at the very least it, it's at least you've got stuff to look forward to with royalty cult man and it and it sounds like you've made some good inroads man i mean you know especially with like the rainbow room and and you know the whiskey and the shows that you guys have been able to do and and the people that you've been able to meet um I think real respects real, you know what I mean? And I think, I think that's why you're doing what you do because people who have been in the, in the industry who are, you know, helping you out or, you know, put you on shows and stuff, they, they see that you really want it. You know what I mean? Um, and, and you're obviously a good dude, you know, um, as far as your character and the way you're carrying yourself and even the way, you know, communicating with me, like, um, there's, 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 you know, you're a real person, you don't, you're not putting on any airs. And so I think that's why you've been able to connect with like the Gales and the docks of the world, man. Like, so just keep, keep doing what you're doing, man. Well, thank you. That truly means a lot to me. And I thank you for taking the time and having me on and we'll do it again. You're welcome, man. You're welcome. Anytime. Uh, you know, I'll obviously put the links in the podcast description, but for, for people who aren't aware of royalty cult, Josh, let them know where they can find you, man. Uh, you can find us anywhere on social media. We're we're on all of them, uh, all of them. It's just at Royalty Cult, except for uh, Instagram is at Royalty Cult Music. And um, yeah, we got, got a new record. Um, we even have a dot com royaltycult.com. But we got a new, not new record. Well, the new record's coming. It's called The Dying. But we got a new single off of it coming on Friday, January twentieth, called Peacemaker. Uh, produced by Chris Collier, who's, you know, done the last couple corn records. And so uh, we're just looking to keep this train rolling and keep putting out the best music that we can, you know, to everybody. So I thank you again for your time. You're welcome, dude. Well, Josh, thanks again for your time, dude. I, I genuinely appreciate it, man. And let's definitely keep in touch, brother. Keep keep doing yeah, it. You too, brother. Thank you so very much. <laughs> Righty dighty, there you have it. That was my conversation with Josh Bowserman, lyricist and vocalist for the band Royalty Cult out of Los Angeles, California. Make sure you go follow these guys on Instagram at Royalty Cult Music, and that is Cult with a K. The link tree with all of their stuff will be in the podcast description for this episode. So just scroll to the bottom of that podcast description. Hit those links and go follow and support Royalty Cult. If you are a fan of heavy music, hard rock, metal, alternative metal, you will love these guys. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. I really dug enjoying the end when it came out, and I really enjoyed the singles they have put out since, the music videos. I really think these guys are on their way to bigger and better things, man. So I just want to say, Josh, thank you again so much for taking the time to come on this podcast and share your story with the listeners of the show as well as myself it truly means a lot when anybody takes the time. And really, I think your story, man, is is just about the difficulties that are involved with, you know, chasing your dreams, man. And, and I'm sorry to hear that you have fallen on some hard times as of late, but hopefully it is just a bump in the road and, and, and these things happen on the way to your dreams, man. I mean, you hear so much about people starting off these these huge things that become huge, whether it's a business, whether it's a band. Uh, you know, whether they're designers, you know, with, with nothing, you know, they, they show up in, in LA or New York with nothing on their, you know, nothing but the clothes on their back and, and end up becoming these very influential 
people who have done amazing things and, and changed the lives of people all around the world or affected the lives of people all around the world with their music or their art. So I really, I really believe that this is just a bump in the road, man. And, and if nothing else, it'll be something that you can look back on and go, you know what, I, I didn't quit. You know, a powerful quote that I heard from uh, Nikki Six, man, when, when his, la- uh, his last book came out was, if you quit, you get what you get. And that's something that has stuck with me, even doing this podcast. You know, so many people, they just look at the sea of whatever they're getting into and go, oh, man, there's no way I'm going to be able to make a dent or a ripple effect. They compare themselves to everybody else, and there's always failure in comparison. Because if I were to compare myself to Joe Rogan or Adam Carolla or Armchair Expert, you know, all these shows that have millions and millions of downloads and listeners and things like that, like – it would be overwhelming, right? You can't think about that. You can't compare yourself to other people and what other people are doing. You just got to start where you are and make a positive impact with the voice that you have and be consistent and stay true to your vision, stay true to your art, stay true to your your mission and, and what you're about. And for me, it's perseverance and moving forward. I've talked to you guys on this show about my anxiety and OCD. I have my good days and my bad days, man. Uh, but I really just try to work on myself and try to be vulnerable to to you all as the audience without oversharing, you know, super personal things that, that should remain private in my opinion. But, you know, I'm, I'm just a cat out here chasing my dreams too, man, and trying to, to, you know, affect people in a positive way with these conversations. So, you know, bringing it back to Josh and royalty cult, man, like there's, there's a lot of people who struggle on the way to their dreams. And that quote from Nikki Six, if you quit, you get what you get is very, very powerful to me. Um, so I don't know if you've heard that one, Josh, but, uh, it's, it's one to think about, man. So I, I think the hustle and the grind, um, obviously you've built some great relationships out there in Los Angeles. I really hope you guys don't stop, man, because you, you do have a lot of talent and I'm not just saying that cause you took the time to come on the show, dude. I, I really enjoy the music and I, I just hope you keep going, man. And like I said, hopefully this will just be a minor speed bump on the way to your dreams. And like we talked about on the show, I know Steve Harvey has talked about living out of his car for like a year, you know, and look at where he is now. I mean, everybody knows who Steve Harvey is. So um, it's just one of those things, man, where where if nothing else, I think it, it's just, it goes to show you that the sacrifices involved in, in people chasing their dreams, man. You know, all these bands and artists that we see, uh, whether it was back in the day with MTV Cribs, which I used to watch in junior high. It's almost like comfort viewing now because uh, MTV has put some of those up on YouTube. And even though I'm not into like, I, I don't even as a kid, it wasn't so much like, like, you know, big houses and fancy cars, <clears throat> you know, stuff like that. It wasn't so much that, you know, um, I enjoyed it watching it from that perspective as much as I just enjoyed seeing like, you know, the setup of how they lived. I don't even know if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, oh, they had like a cool pool with a grotto and stuff. Like, I, it was just one of those comfort viewing things that I watched when I was a teenager. And now that they've put it up on YouTube, like I remember I was watching some of them in the pandemic when I was in isolation. And it was just like, oh, reminiscent about better times. I don't even know where I was going with that. But my point is just like, we see all that though. The You know, the public, you see that. Whether you're in America or you're in the UK or wherever you are listening to this, we look at the people that we look up to and we see the end result of the labor that was involved in it, right? We see people with cool shoes. You know, like I'm a sneakerhead. Like I see people with cool shoes on or, you know, you see people with like, you know, awesome gear. You know, they've got the, you know, the Mesa Boogie amps and all this stuff. And they're on stage with like 
a wall of cabinets and everything, you know, it, it lightened it up, but, but you don't see the hours that they spent in their bedroom at 11, 12, 13, 14 years old, being antisocial, learning master puppets front to back the entire album. You know, you don't see them doing vocal runs and, you know, and, 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 you know, performing in front of their class for the first time or all the times they sang maybe at their church or whatever, you know what I mean? Like you just, you don't see all that. Or in Josh's case, you know, bouncing around different parts of the country, eventually, you know, getting to Los Angeles, having a background in martial arts. Like that's why I love doing this stuff, man. Everybody has a story. There's, I think a lot of wrong ways to do life, but there's no one right way to do it. And I just think that that's something for everybody out there. Keep in mind, man, you know, and I think that's a big takeaway with this conversation. Like when you see the end result, um, I think if you just desire the things that come with it, I don't know if you really truly love what you do. You know, if you're only doing something to make money or you're only doing something so that you can, you know, drive fancy cars, wear designer clothes, live in a big mansion, like none of that stuff is, I, I mean, I don't even have any of that. And I think it's pretty obvious when you listen to people who, who have chased those things and then lost it you know, a lot of them have similar stories. They get addicted to the lifestyle. Uh, they, they, they have people who, who leech off of them and the empire burns to the ground. I think it's the people who really love what they do and they don't care about, you know, the money and all that stuff. And it's just something that, that comes with them achieving success and, and getting their art, uh, out to people or their art connecting with people. Nobody knows what makes a big single pop. It just does. Like, you know, a good song when you hear it, right? And I think the people who are mainstays in the entertainment industry are the people who truly love what they do. Same thing with professional sports. You know, there's a lot of talented people over the years, man, as somebody who used to cover sports where, you know, they, they flamed out because they didn't have the focus and the tenacity and the desire and the love and, and sometimes like a partially psychotic will to just master their craft and and they they fizzled out you know it's it's the people who stick with it i mean tom brady's a great example of that dude was a six-round draft pick you know and and became the greatest quarterback of all time some might even say the greatest football player ever when it all is said and done and, and he and he hangs it up whenever he hangs it up when all is said and done like so you got to have the willpower and you got to really love what you do um and and i think just from listening to josh's conversation with me like <clears throat> listening you know to that like it's really obvious that this dude loves music he grew up with it and it's what he wants to do man and they're making those inroads and and good things take time so josh just don't quit brother i really appreciate you coming on the show and uh, i really appreciate you sharing your story with the listeners because i think it's a really powerful one you know that you know, achieving your dreams is not easy. It's going to take work. It's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take dedication. And there's going to be some lows and there's going to be some high watermarks too. And it's just learning how to ride those waves, man. So Josh, I hope you keep riding those waves, brother. Keep fighting the good fight. Once again, everybody, please go follow Royalty Cult on Instagram at Royalty Cult Music. And again, that's Cult with a K. I want to give a shout out to Johnny Zirkle for setting up this conversation. Johnny, thank you so much again, dude, for being a big believer in this podcast and sending great people like Josh my way. I truly, truly appreciate it. For everybody out there, please go check out Johnny's band, The Wildfires Project, and his show, Sounds of the Underground, which you can find on YouTube. It's awesome. 
And yeah, man, um, I just want to say thank you once again to everybody who listens to this show. I'm really excited. This conversation's got me hyped to just keep doing what I'm doing and just to be a good dude and just let let the chips fall where they may, man. So I hope you guys are as uh, excited to go seize the day and and to go chase your dreams and be the best version of yourself. So that's going to be a wrap for this one. Once again, you can follow me on Instagram at March 4th Pod. On Twitter at Mike V. Bauman, and the host site is marchforth.podbean.com. My link tree with all of my stuff is in the podcast description as well. So if you want to learn more about me, connect with me, go to that link tree. It's got everything you want right there. And uh, again, man, go follow and support Royalty Cult, Headbang, listen to some heavy music. It's always good therapy for me. I love those guys, and I truly appreciate Josh coming on the show. So I'm going to wrap it up officially by saying keep the faith and be kind to one another. Courtesy of my man Josh, this is the latest single from Royalty Cult called Peacemaker. Peace. Story of a broken